0: everyone
1: my name is Michael Kaiser and i'm John Wilson and welcome to another episode of make ours marvel this is the 137th episode of the podcast that is taking you on a journey through all of the adventures of all of the Marvel Universe cast of characters. From the little bitty, you know, Ant-Man-sized characters to the right big Hulk-sized characters and all of the little guys in between. We started at the Fantastic Four number one back in 1961, and we have gone all the way up to, as far as today, Tales to Astonish 87 in 1966, which is, of course, the month of October, 1966. When are we
0: going to get Ant-Man again?
1: It's going to be a while, huh? not as long as you might think.
0: <laughs> oh. Oh cuz he does have a little thing, doesn't he?
1: Yeah, well, okay, so he he's going to get his shrinking powers back before he actually starts oh, well. calling himself Ant-Man again. Yeah. But then he does he does go back to being Ant-Man in the 70s, I think. Yeah, the, the early, 70s. early 70s.
0: Right. So anyway, he's like Mini Goliath. Right.
1: <laughs> a Mini Goliath. <laughs> <laughs> contradiction in terms a little bit so we are covering today on this episode tales to astonish 87 tales of suspense 85 tales of the x-men 27 and daredevil tales 23 and also mountain dew oh mountain dew the regular kind or the code red kind the regular kind do you recommend the code red because i don't know if if i've ever had it
0: i love code red and find the regular kind ho-hum so i don't know if you like the regular kind, maybe that means you don't like Code Red. I'm not sure. But, yeah, world's different. That uh, weird blue one is okay, too, but kind of a weird aftertaste. The ice blue, whatever okay. it's called.
1: Probably, like, Cool Java or cool something. Cool Blast something, or something weird. Oh yeah, yeah, Cool Blast sounds right. Wasn't yeah. there a um, – is this a sports drink flavor or a soap scent? <laughs> I think it was like a <laughs> – oh, can I you don't guess?
0: Know. yeah.
1: Uh, it was maybe for college humor video or something. They had oh. people guessing these this is called whatever. Uh-huh. If you think it's soap, don't drink it. If you think it's soda, do drink it. Or 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 um, yeah. um, sports drink. Yeah. And then some of them were of course drinking soap.
0: Yeah. Mountain Dew's very uh sports drinky sounding, isn't it?
1: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. All right. So Tales to Astonish eighty seven. Uh I'm assuming that I'm up because I'm always up. Am I up? Imperious Rex. Yep. Oh yeah, that's gonna change starting next episode. But we oh, we're gonna do up. five. Oh yeah. no. And then you're gonna be leading the episodes. <laughs>
0: I hate when I, I hate when I have to think and like figure out stuff. It's easier when it's just like I know it's you first.
1: It's all part of my evil plan. Yeah. At last the secret of the Hulk revealed for all the world to see. Oh. Just no. how do his pants shrink size like that? Yeah. But first, Prince Namor, the submariner. How do his pants shrink like that? Moment of truth. Um. Okay, we had planned to present a breathtaking, hard-hitting, unforgettable summary of all that had gone before in this space, but now we notice that Namor himself seems to have said it all for us. Let's see what Namor has to say. Dorma and the unspeakable warlord Krang have been captured by the surface men.
0: Wait, 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 wait. That's your Namor impression? Yeah. Come on. You don't have like a cool Namor voice?
1: I have a slight accent to it, but I want to make him sound dumb.
0: Yeah, he should have like a... Definitely have an accent, for sure. Bro. They are being
1: go. held directly <laughs> around the corner, which I now approach as okay, bait perfect. to trap the submariner. But even though I know full well the dangers that await me, nothing shall keep Prince Namor from pacing those, pacing those facing those who have so callously betrayed him. While yet I live, Crane shall be made to pay for daring to covet my throne, for daring to steal the love of Lady Dorma from me. Dorma, she to whom I had pledged my heart, she who chose alliance with a traitor to the hand of a prince of blood. So
0: there you go. <laughs> okay, one, I will never read Name Word the same again. Uh, <laughs> that sounded like the Gomez from that new cartoon version or animated version of uh, uh, Adam's Family? Adam's Family, yeah. Uh,
1: I think it was not quite Hispanic. It was was hopefully (laughs) something that was not any specific accent. Um, So Stan says, therefore, we'll merely get you off to a good start with those two words that have come to mean so much to every loyal Atlantis aficionado. Imperius Rex. Special note of nostalgia. Wild Bill Everett, who illustrates our tale this month, was the first to... Was the artist who first illustrated the submariner more than two decades ago when he originally burst into stardom? Nuff said. Story Stan the Man Lee, illustration, Wild Bill Everett, lettering adorable Artie Simic. We'll come back to the whole Bill Everett thing after,
0: after uh, Harry, Right. That was oddly worded.
1: Yes. So um, Dorma and Krang were captured in a helicopter net. They land, the army's like, okay, let's get them out of the uh, net. Um, At that split second, the mighty array of armaments opens fire on Namor, Um, but he, of course, is not hurt. Um, Dorma's warning had come just in time, so let's see. He gets grazed, but he does swoop down with his flight, grabs the net with his two compatriots, dives into the water uh, because they were losing their ability to breathe. They have turned blue from suffocation. And now they're once again blue as Atlanteans. So Namor's like, okay, fine, you're alive. And uh, Dormo's like, oh, thank Deptune, You're still alive. And cranes like, let's fight. And so Namor says, I have a hole in my arm from the shell. Krang's like, that's why I think I'll win. And Dormo swims away. I can't see anymore. I have to flee while there's still time. And she goes back to the golden gates of eternal Atlantis and sees Vashti, please the prince needs your help he's like okay tell me exactly where he is so i can pinpoint the royal teleportation beam and she's like well okay so if you go past the seaweed (coughs) clumps and turn left um so namor and krang are fighting they get blasted with the teleportation beam and suddenly they are in the royal throne room uh krang is uh uh, arrested. Namor is put in the um, the MRI tube to make him feel better. He flies out, or swims out, rather. It looks like flight, but it's in the water. Um, they say Namor lives. He's like, summoned my th- court to the throne room, and he passes judgment on Krang. You shall be exiled. A mere execution will settle nothing. So you'll be, uh, the entire Atlantis has seen that Namor is the ruler. You are not fit to rule, um, so let's see, oh, he says you're gonna do battle. We're gonna do battle uh, to make sure that everybody really, 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 really knows that I deserve to be king and you deserve to be a loser. And Krang's like, fantastic, I'm gonna beat you. And um, Namor's like, I'll even fight you without any weapons cause I'm a mutant and more powerful than you. Krang's like, awesome, I can totally kill you. So um, they fight and Namor wins. He stands mm-hmm. gloating over Krang's beaten body, Imperious Rex. Uh, and Krang is exiled from Atlantis. Never again shall you behold the glory of Atlantis. Never again shall you walk as an equal amongst others of the realm. The verdict is mine, but was you who occasioned it to the furthest deeps with him. Let him be kept in total isolation until such time as it shall please me to suffer his release. And then Dorma comes up and is like, I really wanted you to be safe. I only said I would marry him because he said he would kill you otherwise. And Namor's like, Dorma, I love you so much. (laughs) And he pulls her up and stands her next to him on the dais in front of all the people. Um, I don't know if they're shouting Imperius Rex or if like an Imperius Rex banner unfurls. Or if it's like, you know, like a light show. But, you know, Imperius Rex, next The greatest threat of
0: all. So that's where they got the Black Panther plot. What? This issue, (laughs) The
1: Killmonger thing?
0: Yeah. Just fighting over who gets to be king. I guess that's a pretty standard plot.
1: It happens. Uh,
0: Yeah, it happens. Because that's how you choose good rulers, right? Whoever can beat the other one up.
1: Whoever wins the fight, that's how you know.
0: Obviously, the guy with the biggest muscles knows what he's doing. Wait. (laughs) For all of us. As a harmon- Harmonic community.
1: <laughs> so this is actually Bill Everett's third issue in a row of
0: mm-hmm. this
1: book to illustrate. Mm-hmm. Um, and he had one other way back during the behemoth storyline. So I don't know if they just forgot to mention the connection or if like maybe the stuff going on with Carl Burgess, because he was like really mad at them and suing them and everything, made them decide to give Everett extra acknowledgement mm-hmm. or what. But that stuff at the beginning is kind of weird.
0: Not just weird, but they call him the first artist who illustrated the Submariner. It's like, well, he's the creator of the Submariner, actually.
1: Yeah, yeah. But of course,
0: they can't say that because that would put a a big leg on, you know, any future lawsuit from Bill Everett. So they have to word it like that, I guess. But it was just funny to read it that way. Like, he's just minding his own business and got hired to draw Submariner or something.
1: Yeah, I hadn't thought about that aspect of it, but you're very, very right. Mm Mm-hmm. They're hedging their bet. – they're trying to give him credit but also hedging their legal bets.
0: Mm-hmm. But, you know, he I don't know. Like I haven't read a lot of uh, – other than that one issue we read for this show, haven't read a lot of original Bill Everett Submariner, though I have seen pictures and I think his style looked way different in the Golden Age than it does now. Or now,
1: 1966. A um, couple of elements from that have carried over. Uh, the flathead – was definitely a thing of Everett's. And it's, it's I think, flatter when he's doing it here than a lot of artists do. Mm-hmm. And those eyebrows. Those eyebrows are very Everett.
0: Yeah. Um, it looks
1: good. Yeah, I like the look.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I like, you know, Namor... is obviously dealing with emotions when he sees Dorma. Mm-hmm. He's like, your warning helped to save me, my lady. I shall remember that at your time of trial. So mm-hmm. it's like, whoa. He's definitely intending to prosecute you, woman, but... He ends it's up weird. not doing so. It's weird how
0: this storyline, this story arc has so much meandering that we've commented on before. Mm-hmm. And then like, but let's cram as much in as possible for this one issue and wrap it up. It's like, maybe you could have got rid of some of the meandering and spread out some of this plot
1: to yeah.
0: other aspects of <laughs> previous issues or something.
1: And having a cleans- lot
0: happens in this story, I feel like.
1: Right. And having Krang send other threats after Namor could have been, you know, a decent story. It's just that nothing that we've seen for the last, you know, five issues seems connected to this at all. Mm-mm.
0: No, you could basically go all the way back to when he was road raging about Dorma betraying him and cut to this issue. Mm-hmm. And it would almost make sense. And it's or maybe like, last issue.
1: Out of nowhere yeah. at the bottom of page five, we're back to the beginning. He's in his throne room. Krang's there, everything's hunky dory. Yeah,
0: I call shenanigans on this timeline a little bit. Like he's in, I assume the Hudson River, and he makes his way to the ocean. So they're right there on New York, and he and Krang start fighting. And she's like, "I'm going to swim to Atlantis real quick. Like, is it take? Is it that quick? Is it just right there? Ah, that seems weird. Like they're still in the middle of a fist fight when she makes it to Atlantis, and then they use the Star Trek beam to beam them all, beam them both back.
1: Okay, so they actually did address that. I just now saw on page oh. 3 they swim for hours after they leave New York. Oh, okay. At underwater so they, speeds which the mind of a surface man can't even comprehend.
0: So they got into a fight in front of the in the front yard of Atlantis, in which case that makes me wonder well why did uh why did what's his face, Voshti have to use a teleporter? They could have just went outside and scooped everybody up.
1: That's true. That's but true. Anyway. Well, they, they were fist fighting, so he could have yeah. I guess but
0: it's like, that makes me think, oh, Atlantis has a teleportation technology. That's pretty interesting.
1: That is, I feel like there are times before where that would have been handy. Mm-hmm. Um. Like kidnapping Sue. Or <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> good point. Instead of using that weird fish, what did he use for her? He used like some telepathic fish or something. Yeah, Great. there were there yeah, some yeah.
1: weird fish. And that's kind of one thing I'm really glad we haven't seen since the Astonish run started. We haven't seen magical fish
0: that's true we have not although the designs were kind of cool but it was weird
1: um random note he says on page six um crane is like namor can never prevail well against a suit of magnesium chainmail armor mm-hmm. uh, magnesium is reactive with water it is oh. slow but it happens it would not be a good armor metal for underwater inhabitants it's like iron i mean uh-huh. sure you put iron in water it's fine but you leave iron in water for a really long time and it's going to rust and decay and melt away. Right. Um, and magnesium will do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Maybe because it has the electro repellent chest shield over. It. I don't know what that is, but you know, I don't yeah. know either. Yeah. Um, Krang boasts about how close he is to victory. And I was thinking it's going to really sting when you lose that victory. And then he does.
0: Yeah. I'm glad he just lost it. That's kind of cool. Just to get yeah. it over with. Uh, and
1: great splash page finishing off the fight.
0: Now, if Neymar, like, just, I mean, it's 1966, so that would never happen. But if this was just a modern comic and Neymar just, like, grabbed Krang's head and twisted it backwards, mm-hmm. would we just be, like, awesome? Or would we be, like, oh, that wasn't cool? I think we'd be fine with it, right? I
1: he think seems so. like a killer to me. I think it would have been surprised as, like, wow, that's really intense. But, you know, that's yeah. what you're going to do when you're a king establishing your rule. You're going to kill all, you know.
0: Yeah. So that's why I was, like, thinking you know and i don't know if they're just doing this cuz it's 1966 but it's like he's like i'm going to let krang live and just live in the bottom of a well and you know that's going to backfire on him someday
1: um at this point they have both decades of experience in reusing characters so you don't want to kill them off and also mm-hmm. they have the comics code
0: that's exactly right but i just think things. logically he should just like behead the guy at this point Yeah, definitely. Twice, but anyway.
1: And he even acknowledges out loud that, you know, I could totally execute you for this, but execution's
0: too good for you. If it weren't for that comics code, I would execute you.
1: And Dorma finally gets her due.
0: Yep. And she's like, hey, listen, I didn't really want to marry him. And and Namor's like, I know, Lord Vashti has explained everything. Too bad he didn't do that eight issues ago. But that's Uh okay. That's cool.
1: I didn't go back and look, but I wouldn't be surprised if Vashti was like, Namor, Wait.
0: He did, but I still feel like he could have tried harder or something. Right. Right, right. <laughs> teleport him back, try again.
1: <laughs> Dude, he has it right there. Right. Just just, just bring him back.
0: Just bring him back, teleport him back. Uh, so, yeah, she gets her due. She's not he doesn't marry her or propose to her, but he's like until we actually do tie the knot, you get to stand next to me with the same honors as I have, blah 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 forever, Pierre Rex. That's pretty cool.
1: So that randomly raises a question Do they marry in Atlantis, or is there some other way of just acknowledging that these two are, are you know, life partners now? Um, I thought he
0: mentioned marriage, but maybe I was just thinking.
1: Oh, you know what? Krang, of course, Krang all this time has wanted her to marry him. So, yeah, marriage is a thing. You're right. Will, they I, thought, marry? I
0: thought he said, Oh, here he does. He says, The forked tongue Krang had to, oh, yeah, hand in marriage could save my life. He doesn't say anything about proposing to her
1: or anything. He does say his heart shall be hers while Atlantis endures.
0: Oh, as one who shall someday be princess of the realm. So that implies marriage, I guess. Yes. Yes, it does.
1: That's true. That's the line I was looking for. Because he calls himself prince of Atlantis, not king.
0: Mm -hmm. That is freaking interesting and never thought about before. What's that about? Hmm. Because his mom was queen and she could still be alive?
1: What? And his dad was king. And his, his human dad? No, no, no. Oh, no, it wouldn't have been his dad. Um, poop. His mom's father, maybe?
0: Oh, uh, yeah, because was she a queen or a princess?
1: She was Princess Fenn, I want to
0: say. So that is interesting. That I Like in the Golden Age, it makes sense that he's Prince Namor, because there was probably still ruling positions or whatever. But now he's he's it. So how, how come he hasn't updated himself?
1: And I think in the Golden Age, I think the king dies. Hmm. Like I think Namor becomes the head of Atlantis. So now I'm really curious.
0: Has he I've, ever called himself King Namer in the history? I know like, like King Thor has existed.
1: Mm-hmm. I don't know if I, I've ever heard of King Namor. Before. I don't think he has. That is um, weird. Let's see. I'm just, just going to do just, a little bit of searching while you... <laughs> just Google King Namer. <laughs> let's see. Well. So Fen was in the original comics. And I'm looking to see... I don't think they have her golden age chronology on here.
0: Uh, this is one of those uh, opportunities for all you out there to write to us at podcasts at makersmarvel.com and
1: explain to us how this whole king name or prince name thing works because it's weird. It is weird. Okay. Well, we probably should not spend too much time on it. <laughs> um,
0: Someone knows. Someone out there knows, dang it. <laughs>
1: I was looking to see who all's in the stupid comic. We got Submariner. Is it Thakor? Is Thakor the king? I don't think I so. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I think Thakor might be the king. Hmm. If Thakor is the king, um, I will see where his last appearance is and go from there. But I, do th- I am pretty sure that Namor at some point does gain Atlantis. But anyways, that's as it may be. We have a big old green mountain of muscles to talk about.
0: Yay, and pink ones.
1: And pink ones. They're like two big piles of mashed potatoes in this opening splash page. Mm-hmm. Created by the now dead leader to be stronger than the Hulk, the most powerful human of all, battles our green-skinned giant in our fight to the finish, and you are an eyewitness. Story, Smile and Stanley, Art, Big John Buscema, Inks, Mighty Mickey D, lettering, Adorable RDS. Read this one slowly, Hulk buff. Or Buff Hulk, whichever you are. (laughs) It's really going to hit you where you live. Ouch. Okay. So the humanoid is basically a rubbery, plasticky
0: being. All of a sudden. So the
1: Hulk. What's up.
0: All of a sudden.
1: Yeah. The Hulk totally goes to town on him, but can't hurt him there's a really great uh, panel of him smashing him five ways from Sunday, but he can't cause any lasting damage. So Ross and Betty and Talbot and the military are looking on and, um, Betty's like, come on, can't you just like, you know, help him. He's really Bruce Banner. And Ross is like, don't you remember that he tried to destroy New York with that Orion missile because of a misconception from before. Meanwhile, um, the guy who actually launched the Orion missile, the like used car salesman or whatever he was, <laughs> gets found by um, the either the police or the military police. Yeah, the military police because they call Talbot saying, "Hey, we've got the guy who launched the Orion missile." And Talbot's like, "Oh, that means the Hulk is innocent. I could just not say anything, and he'd be out of my way forever. But I guess I should say something." So he runs over to General Voss. Hey, important message. We have to save the Hulk. And Ross is like, all right, let's go save the Hulk. Um, so they're going to use the proton shell on one of them. But it's going to be dangerous because the other one might get blasted too. Rick Jones shows up and says, hey, I can help him. He needs me. Call Major Talbot. He knows me. Meanwhile, Hulk and Pink Dude are still fighting. Boomerang <laughs> has totally redesigned his costume. So that it now has two boomerangs on it. <laughs> One on his head, like before, and one on his, pe- uh, his his abdomen, and also a whole bunch of destructive spinny disc things. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, he's like, okay, I can now go stop the Hulk and the humanoid. Um, actually, no, they're fighting each other, so he gets to go gloat over the Hulk's annihilation. That's the only reason for going there. And he has rockets in his boots now, so that's cool, too. Um, the Hulk and the humanoid are fighting... Rick Jones shows up. Humanoid totally bashes him. Hulk changes back to Bruce Banner for no reason. Everyone sees this happen. Betty is like, oh my gosh, it's true. He really is Bruce. And uh, the army let fire all over the humanoid. But of course, he's rubber their glues. Whatever they shoot bounces off of him and sticks to you. Um, And then Bruce is like, okay, you know what? Uh, I've got a way to... Uh, save this. I've just got to list this thing over my head. And like you can't lift that over your head. No, but the Hulk can, I'm always angry. And he turns to the Hulk and he lifts up a big old electric dynamo thing. And he slams it into the humanoid. The blast knocks out both of them. Hulk is collapsed on the ground. They're like, Oh, he's still breathing Betty. He's alive. And, um, Ross is like, send over uh, the medics. He's got to survive. And Boomerang's looking on, says, All I gotta do is bide my time and wait to strike. Wait until he's changed back to the powerless Bruce Banner. Hulk and Yud next ish. Bruce Banner
0: for the win. Yeah. Pretty um, great
1: Bruce Banner moments in this. He actually gets to be a person.
0: Loving the art. I think John Buscem is quickly finding his superhero style. Mm hmm. Yeah, the
1: layouts are fantastic i still think he has some work to do on the actual shape of the hulk in some places but mm-hmm. but his 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 storytelling and layouts are they grab you
0: but he really makes them all muscly too which i think is kind of cool it's very conan the barbarian you know
1: yeah 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 uh yeah Did i don't you-
0: think that humanoid was rubbery last issue and he got hit a lot so it it's also this new thing i think but that was cool kind of a cool idea
1: they might have forgotten and then remembered because the original yeah. humanoids were also like a rubbery plastic thing because yes, he couldn't they hurt were. them. That's right. They were. And do you remember how last issue ended with the humanoid totally taking out the Hulk and like uh-huh. knocking him down? Uh-huh. I guess he didn't stay down long.
0: No, because, you know, the matter he gets, the stronger he gets. So he doesn't stay down ever, I guess. Unless you're Thanos. Thanos. Whatever. Um, okay. So Glenn does the right thing. And I was like – when I was reading that, I thought, okay, well, you know, we haven't really established like Glenn is a horrible, horrible person so far. He's like, just he's, been
1: making moves on Betty inappropriately. He's been
0: making moves on Betty inappropriately or think having thoughts about Betty and stuff. But he hasn't done like the whole full-on stereotype cartoon Hulk 2003 personality.
1: Or the Hulk 2000 – what? Three. Oh, You just said 2003 as yeah, a yeah.
0: cartoon. Yeah, I know. What you mean, but no, both, yeah. both of them. He's pretty much just a slimy, horrible person. So I was like, okay, cool. He's got some little bit of depth. But then they cut to Thunderbolt Ross, and he also makes a good decision. So now I'm just wondering if they were, like, drinking when they wrote these two guys or something.
1: Cause <laughs> Cause Ross seemed way off. A, yeah, he's a bit inconsistent in this issue. He almost like, like he's not obsessed beyond all reason, which he he's usually not. is.
0: Yeah. You would think he'd be all J. Jonah Jameson about, like, t- dismissing the fact that somebody thought the Hulk was innocent.
1: Mm-hmm. And he's he, like, uh, oh,
0: well, let's try and figure this out then. Okay, who are you?
1: <laughs> but he says, Dad, how can you be so sure that uh, that Hulk was trying to harm the city? And Ross says, because I'm not in love with him the way you are. And I'm like, are you sure, Ross? Because you are definitely in something with him. <laughs> he are I don't know what it is. infatuated for sure. Yeah. Yeah. The Hulk is definitely living rent-free in your brain right now. <laughs>
0: Um, I love the bit where the Hulk, like, I can't figure out what to do with this guy, so I'll just grab and jump really high. And then there's this bit where, like, the plane flies by and goes, Dad, look out the window. Not now, I'm reading. Mommy, a man fell out of, flew out of the sky and
1: rescued whatever. Haven't I told you not to lie? So they're just going up in the air. And for some reason, Stan feels the reason, to, feels the need to say, No good. He made his body hollow. Now I can float up here. A, that's not how that works. Mm hmm. And B, you don't need that. They're just, they're in their leap. They have gone up. They're going to go back down. And they're just at some point in that right now.
0: And that thought seems too smart for the Hulk anyway. Yeah.
1: Especially this Hulk.
0: I feel like he, they get that wrong too a little bit. Like he's, he, he has turned into Hulk smash recently. And now he's kind of not that in this a little bit, but that's all right. Uh, Boomerang. Oh my God. Come on, man. You're just embarrassing yourself. Kind of.
1: Yeah. So I forgot impressed. what his motivation was when I was doing the recap. I couldn't remember what he said he wanted. I'm, I'm going to begin the greatest adventure of all. I'll be. It'll be boomerang against the world. Yeah. And he's going to start with killing the Hulk, I guess, or something? Um, well, no, he's really glad the Hulk is one opponent he'll never have to fight again. He flies out to see the mm. Hulk's annihilation. Mm. But then at the end, he says that it's, he's just waiting for the Hulk to turn back to Bruce again. Mm-hmm. So I don't really know what he wants to do. Oh, okay. he just thinks that if Bruce, if Bruce, aka the Hulk, survives, he'll come out a hero, and that mm. gets his goat. So he just wants it to kill him.
0: Yeah, that's just weird. I don't know why they keep thinking we like Boomerang and want him to come back. I guess, but they, they do.
1: They know that eventually he'll be cool.
0: <laughs> I guess. Uh, I love that the Hulk uh, recognizes that he can't figure out how to beat this thing, and he needs Banner's brain. He doesn't recognize that Banner is him. But he's like, where's Banner? I need Banner's brain. Where is he? And then Banner comes out. That was pretty cool.
1: I've been thinking about this some lately, that like Uh the Hulk doesn't realize he is Banner. Mm -hmm. But I think he realizes that Banner is a person. For sure. He doesn't like Banner's puniness, so he doesn't respect him. And I think probably once he realizes he's changing, there's always like an emotional reaction that he forgets later, but the emotion stays. Uh-huh. But somehow he knows that Banner has characteristics and qualities. He knows the guy somehow.
0: He knows he's connected or he's always around or he's causing – he he knows he causes him problem because he hates Banner. Why would he hate mm-hmm. Banner if he never sees him, right? Right. So, so it's like he just – it's self-loathing that he doesn't recognize, I guess, as self-loathing.
1: Self-loathing. That's a good way to put it, yeah.
0: Yeah, so, but I just like this idea that he knew that he needed Banner, and then that somehow allowed Banner to escape or
1: come out, I guess. And then Banner knew he needed the Hulk and was able to Hulk back out. It was almost voluntary.
0: Yeah, and I liked how Banner just went right into action, too. Like, I know why I'm here right now. The Hulk needs me to figure this out, so I'm going to just get to it and ignore all these people yelling at me. And he, like, takes over. Like, he starts bossing people around. Ross actually listens to him because he's the smart guy in the room now.
1: Yeah. It's really interesting because it's like... That's the first time he's not been meek. Uh-huh. I'm just trying to think. He's usually really confused when he changes. Mm-hmm. And that's just, there's no evidence of that here. So I don't know if... And it may be Buscema as the new artist who's getting ideas if they're like trying to take things in any direction with the Hulk that just doesn't end up lasting or what. But
0: Or we could just headcanon this because I felt this way about the Avengers movie too. Like, do you think there's a difference between accidentally turning into the Hulk or or you know, fighting and losing and turning back into Bruce Banner versus willingly turning back and forth between the two? Is it a better transition? Like, the Hulk wanted Banner. He wanted to find Banner. So uh-huh. Banner was allowed to come out. And so there he's, maybe he's not as confused. And then later when Banner's like, okay, I'm going to purposely turn back to the Hulk now, Hulk like doesn't just go, where am I? All these people attacking me. He's like, oh, this machine. That's right. I have to pick this machine up and toss it at this pink guy right here. I right,
1: okay. remember that. So, so to add to that, to, mm-hmm. to like take that maybe one step further, so maybe there is some voluntary transformation muscle, yeah, that normally he doesn't know how to flex,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but here he manages to do it accidentally.
0: Like you said in the summary, I'm always angry. That's kind of like it's kind of like it, it feels like not to be disgusting, but maybe a difference between not wanting to throw up and throwing up, and it's horrible versus uh-huh. like I'm going to purposely throw up because. It's good for me for some reason, you know.
1: Yeah, in a bad way. In a bad way, yeah. Don't <laughs> you make yourself throw up, kids. That's bad. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I can understand the, the the misconception that it might be a good thing. Yeah.
0: Um, well, I mean, maybe you drank poison, so you want to. Oh throw yeah, up yeah, yeah, induce vomiting yeah. when yeah. Yeah, induce
1: vomiting or something. Um, turning back to Bruce, though, in front of Ross and Betty and the military and God mm-hmm. and everyone, this kind of a big deal moment.
0: It is, but it it's so much is happening. I almost glossed over that.
1: Back. Yeah, yeah, like it's there. It's a really busy moment, so we don't get to like sit with the emotion of it. But like, this is a big deal for everyone involved.
0: It almost seems like this is where the it should be to, to be continued or something. Mm-hmm. Like this should be a big splash page of him turning back to Bruce and everybody gasping or something. But it just well, keeps going.
1: You know, it was a good chapter because we've had more exploration and uh-huh. delving into the story to, to say about this than uh-huh. we've had in a long time.
0: Oh yeah, I enjoyed it. It was good. Yeah.
1: Bring on more Bucema Hulk.
0: More Bucema Hulk, and we've got Neymar actually probably starting a new storyline next issue. So, next issue should be pretty
1: fun. All right. Well, speaking of next issue, you've got the next issue. Oh,
0: speaking of not super heavy, two light stories, I think Into the Jaws of Death, Tales of Suspense, number 85. Iron Man is always first, and he's also on the cover this time. The Mandarin has captured Happy Hogan, thinking he is the real Iron Man. And now, hang on, we're off. Story, Stan Lee, Penciling, Gene Colon, Inking, Frank, Giacoya, Lettering, Artie Simec, all this talent, yours for only 12 cents. Marvel does it again. Someone should eBay that, see if it's still 12 cents. Okay, so yeah, the Mandarin totally kicks uh, Hogan's butt. He like uses a ring, one of those... Rings and we don't know what they do. But since Happy doesn't know how to operate the armor, he kind of just stands there and gets shredded. So meanwhile, we cut to the real Iron Man, Tony Stark, who is in the hospital from, you know, really bad heart problems. But he knows that Mandarin Star Trek'd uh, Happy out of there. So he's like, okay, I got to escape from this hospital, even though I'm still weary and sick. He takes a cab. He has some shenanigans at Stark Industries trying to get in because they don't believe he's the real Tony Stark because he took a cab. But they finally recognize him. And they let him in. He sneaks back past his scientist guys. And apparently there's a like a retreat or something in like a, a deep, dark basement because it takes an elevator to get there. And inside there is like this armor making factory. If you ever wondered where he makes his armor, apparently that's it. And he makes a brand new armor that looks just like his old armor. <laughs> Except, according to him, it's got more strength and more power and is going to protect his weaker heart. So he dresses up, and actually this basement also has a rocket ship, so he hitches a ride on that and makes his way to uh, the Mandarin because that's how he always has to get the Mandarin. He has to hitch a ride on some other rocket power. Um, Happy is in the basement dungeon, you know, uh, chained up. He's still wearing the armor, but his helmet's off, and the Mandarin's like, you're going to tell me stuff. And he's like, I'm not going to tell you anything. And so he gets slapped around and shot at and all that. Uh, but Iron Man makes it and he, he sneaks in instead of just flying straight on in, he decides to like ninja his way through the compound and there's like guards and he beats all them up. Uh, and then at one point he gets surrounded by some security alarm laser, but he has a cool little antenna thing that comes out of his shoulder and like neutralizes it. um, And just as Mandarin is about to probably maybe put the final beating touches on Happy Hogan, the front door is opened. Not the front door. The door of the basement is opened, and the real Iron Man's standing there. And Mandarin's like, what? But two Iron... What? Two Iron Men? Uh, Next issue for the life of Havy. But also, I skipped over a little bit because it ruined the narrative to me. But there's two panels of Senator Byrd saying he's still going to try and get Iron Man to... uh, testify or tony stark to testify even though he thinks he's a hero and even though he has a bad heart it's too bad it's his job he's got to get him back on there so that's not over either
1: gotcha so happy goes through some serious torture in this yeah it's kind of crazy
0: um and he doesn't tell i can't remember what he was even asking him but he
1: doesn't tell i'm not even sure he's asking him anything
0: well, nothing can save you, but if you tell me what I want to know, perhaps your end will be one of the simplest terms. That's
1: uh, uh, so true. There are questions you must answer.
0: But then he doesn't answer them. Ask them anything, right? Yeah. Or is that on the previous one? Where do you keep page? the
1: plans for your newest prototype weapons, and what is the combination of your alt? There you go. That's it. I want so, your weapons.
0: So he thinks he's Iron Man. Even after he takes his helmet off, he still thinks he's Iron Man.
1: Well, he has no reason to think that that face is not Iron Man's face. That's a good point. It's like whenever... Um, that's like that's Tony like, Stark's driver. Yeah. Um, there is a caption at the beginning of the uh, storyline. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Is it page one? Oh. Let's see. No, it's not page one because it's that. There's something page on page two? two.
0: Yeah.
1: I don't know. Somewhere they say issue 76. Um, oh, wait, no, no. no I'm sorry. That, those are my Captain America notes. It's going to come back ah. to that note later. So okay. sorry. That's okay. um, I feel like I missed a beat somewhere with that whole Tony Stark narrative over time. Because wasn't there a point recently where all his factories were closed and his assets were seized? Yeah, and I was like, right before the Submariner fight, and then he also fought Titanium Man. But now everything's okay somehow.
0: It shouldn't be. They should still be locked up, right?
1: I don't remember anything happening that would make them not locked up.
0: Right, but Tony they're not. Stark's still in trouble, and there's people working.
1: Maybe him showing up at the hearing managed to get everything released. Maybe they released the oh, injunction on him.
0: Yeah, maybe. But of course, he I passed out of there. We could say that, I guess. I don't know. It's kind of neat to see this basement thing we've never seen before, uh, like his secret lab for designing iron suits.
1: And he has a fingerprint reader to get into it. Future tech.
0: Now, I would say like pretty much any story today or even from the 80s on up that involved him quickly designing an armor to take on somebody would- it would make it a new armor. It would yeah. call it at the, at the very least. It would be a temporary save happy Hogan armor that he never uses again, or mm-hmm. it would be like a brand new armor that he sports all the time for a while.
1: Now you said relatively recently that whenever you saw this armor, you're like, "This is like the classic Iron Man armor." Yeah, for sure. And I was reading that epic collection of Iron Man, and I realized, wait a second, it's the same armor.
0: Yeah, he wore it forever so from
1: here until 1982, three at least. Mm-hmm. It's this armor. I
0: don't- I would say till Armor Wars. Whenever that first happened is when he started changing it up.
1: Okay. Uh, does With, Silver uh, Centurion happen before or after Armor Wars?
0: That is Armor Wars. Yeah.
1: Oh, okay. Well, there you go.
0: He designs it to take on all the people who stole his crud. So it's like the evil Iron Man armor.
1: So th- so 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 there aren't that many Iron Men unless there he weren't. just keeps on.
0: Now there doing- are. It seems like every issue now he designs a new. Oh,
1: that's true. That's true. But,
0: but back in the day, yeah. So that's why this is kind of the classic because like. This is so many years of him looking like this.
1: So are Marks 5 through, I don't know, 14 <laughs> all look exactly the same? It's just the, I the internal know. hardware that's different?
0: I don't know how the whole Mark thing works. I don't know. Because, like, even this, as classic as it is, before this, there was, like, slight variations with, and I don't know if that's by, if they would call that an artist rendering or if that literally was something different. Like, you know, he had the Wolverine mask there for a little while. Okay, so just off
1: the top of my head, Mark 1 would be the original, which gets painted gold.
0: Now, does that become Mark 2 when he paints it gold? No.
1: I would not think so, because it's not a different armor. He just paints it. Yeah. Mark 2 would be the Steve Ditko design with, like you said, the teardropper, uh, Wolverine-faced uh-huh. Ditko design. Um, and Mark 3 would be whenever he changes the helmet, at least, and gets like the sort of stitches that go between the yellow and the red. Uh-huh. And I think this is the fourth.
0: Is this Mark IV? I was trying to look it up real quick, but you know, they just don't make websites like they used to.
1: No, they don't. You think you just search the internet?
0: You'd think there'd be like a guy who just wanted to do this.
1: Uh, there is but an Iron Man wiki. Uh, mark, oh, well, this is for the movies. Stupid, stupid, stupid. So That's the
0: other thing. Now with the MCU, like anytime you type Captain America, it comes up with Chris Evans, which is great, but not great. It's like, come
1: on. Yeah, I should put like not cinematic universe. Just put comics.
0: That usually filters it correctly.
1: Oh, that's good.
0: Okay, here we go. Oh, um, see, that didn't help me either.
1: Marvel Fandom Iron Man armor model four. Yeah, it's this one. Okay. It's got the um, the shoulder things, uh, rings. It's got the ear circles. It's got the hip circles. Um, it's drawn really nicely for, on the Marvel Fandom site. And it says... Oh, but it says the first appearance is Iron Man 85 in 1976. Well, Poop Sticks, what's, what's the earlier one then?
0: So this Marvel fandom says they're called Models, not Marks. So Iron Man Armor Model 1 was gray. Iron Man Model 1 Mark 3 was gold. Why? I don't know. Iron Man Model 2 was was the Wolverine thing. Model 3 is the rivets. Model 4 is what we're looking at now. Model 5 is space. Model 6 is hydro. Model 7 is stealth. Model 8 is silver centurion. It just keeps going. We don't have to go through all these. But uh, Okay.
1: Well, according to the thing I'm looking at, he's in Model 3 right now. He's been in Model 3 since issue 66. Oh. Um, okay. And he's I'm- going to be in it until issue 85. That's this issue right now. No, Iron Man 85, not Suspense 85. Sorry. Okay. So what's the difference between 3 and 4 then? I don't know. I can't tell really that much of a difference. I can't either. I'm looking at 3 and I'm looking at 4 and they look a lot the same. That's weird.
0: Well, kids, write into us, podcast at com. Someone must uh, read Submariner and Iron Man stuff, right? Right, right. But to me, it looks exactly the same, and it's just basically his words that make it different. It's supposed to be tougher or something. Yeah,
1: supposed to be tougher. Um, I wonder if that'll
0: play out at all. Like, is he going to fight the Hulk later and go, yeah, this is a much tougher armor than last time I fought the Hulk? Probably not. Or they'll just forget it. Okay, did we say everything we have to say about this?
1: Uh, Let me look back at my notes. We kind of just...
0: Went on a bird walk on I did
1: wonder how long it takes to make the armor because that's how long Happy is suffering.
0: Yes. I did think that too. But then I thought, okay, I'm just going to give him the benefit of doubt and think that maybe he already had this in the works and he's just putting on the final touches or something. Mm -hmm. Because that seems like it would take a long time.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I don't know either. It was a cool –
0: I would actually say it was kind of cool. Like I do love the art on these, but like this particular one page of page five where it's like this montage of him putting stuff together. Mm-hmm. Doesn't really tell us what his lab looks like very well. You know? It's just kind of white. Right. So it's just background stuff with with him. So I kinda hope we see this lab again, just so we could get a better be cool. better look at it.
1: Alright, Cap. The
0: Iron Cave. Yeah, okay, Cap. The Blitzkrieg of Batrock. I'll try and that. I like that Bat-
1: Iron Cave idea that, that sorry I didn't suck uh, so over that.
0: Batrock the entire issue, but we'll see what happens. Cap has just received a cryptic message telling him that the Female agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., the only one whose life he saved in issue 76, is in mortal danger here at a lonely convalescent hospital. Actually, there should be at least two because there's one in the barber shop, too. It's action time. Tested and approved by the Mary Marvel Bureau of Weights and Standards, a Stanley Jack Kirby premium presentation. Iminable inking by Frank Giacoya, laboring lettering by Sam Rosen. So it's true. It just starts the story with Cap having got a message and he shows up because he's into that girl. And he's walking through and there, he doesn't realize there's like two Hydra agents like kind of snooping on him. They're like, we should kill him. He's like, no, no, no. We promised Batrock that he would have the chance to fight him one on one. So we have to let him. We can't just snipe Cap. Uh, the floor opens. Cap falls. But he's okay because he's Cap and he manages to duck Batrock's first kick. They get into a fight it's pretty fun um, at one point the Hydra agents check on agent 13 they didn't call they don't call her that yet they just call her the female shield agent over and over again she's tied to a chair and they're like yeah we'll make sure you're still alive but you know we've used you to to bring cap here she's like you can't use me that's not fair we just did huh anyway it goes back to the fighting lots of cool fighting finally cap um, gets sick of the fighting with the batrock though and decides to just beat the heck out of him which he does for an entire page and it's awesome it's so awesome that even stanley doesn't bother with captions on it that's how awesome it is um at which point the hydra agents shoot at both cap and Batrock because they're like well geez Batrock can't even beat captain america so we don't have use for him or captain america so let's kill them both at which point Batrock's like hey you double crossers and he kicks back and captain america punches back and now Batrock's like you know what i'm your friend for now I'm gonna help you uh, get your woman because they just double crossed me, and that's not cool. So they do this like fun little like knock knock on the secret door, and the Hydra agents open up and say, "Who's there?" And then both of them like punch the two Hydra agents, knock them out. They free the female agent. Batroc says, "I bid you adieu," and jumps out the window. And Cap's like, "I think I'm gonna let him go, but I'm really happy that you're alive." And she's like, "You know what? I think that Batroc did all this just to bring us together." Next issue, The Secret. The Secret. I agree with her. I I think Batroc did all this just to bring them together, too.
1: Well, I was wondering, we bring back the female agent and mm-hmm. Batroc just automatically comes, too?
0: Well, he he was there when they first met. And I bet you he was thinking, you know, that capture looked like he was oogling her. I mm-hmm. feel a love connection. Let's make this happen. I have a plan. Hydra, go capture this one blonde female shield agent. There's probably only one get her and then send a message to cap that he has to fight me and then you know they'll have a date Patrick is really cap's friend he just never realizes it i agree
1: he probably yeah. is cap's friend
0: because he's french you know they like romance
1: <laughs> and uh that that um french fighting style he has the name which is forget is is leaving my brain right now savat yes uh-huh. savat i think is french for a love connection
0: yes um and so far Two out of two stories both involve the two of them teaming up Mm -hmm. at the end of the arc. So I think that that happens every time.
1: (laughs) That was 76. This is 85. It's been almost a year.
0: Yeah. Wow. Okay. Is it just me? I don't know if it's Tales of Suspense just being awesome so it's fun to read and it feels fast. Or are these stories fast because they're not cramming them as much as they had been?
1: I think Captain America does not try to cram. It just, it's, it's a Mm. solid bit of story um, spread out over 10 pages. It doesn't feel too crammed. It doesn't feel too, uh, too padded. It just, Mm -hmm. they're, they're solid reads. But even Um, the Iron Man, the 10 page format seems to work really well.
0: The Happy Hogan Iron Man, the two-parter, like, Mm -hmm. I I feel like I just blew right through these. I don't know. Maybe they're interesting. I thought uh, they were interesting.
1: But then you go to. They are kind of light though.
0: Yeah, they're kind of light. And like, there's a lot of fighting in this one. But uh, if there, if anybody wants an example of why I think Tales of Suspense Kirby is my favorite Kirby, I would give you this issue because it's good stuff. Hot dang! Especially that page eight is pretty fantastic.
1: Uh, page three, which is the beginning of their fight, Captain America says, "Ha! I thought my spinning shield would force you to leap upward." And I was like, "You're spinning? Do you do you, put, do you put some English on that when you throw it? I mean, well, how, how else does it come back? Yeah, I guess. I <laughs> guess it would have to." I would think spinning it would throw off the angles when it hits stuff.
0: I don't know. You would think the know. fact that it absorbs all impact would throw off the angles when it hits stuff, but.
1: There's that. Well, we have something to say about that whenever we get to next episode because um, there's some stuff about his shield next episode. So,
0: yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh,
1: we definitely do not know yet that it's indestructible.
0: No, we do not. Because Bat- Batrock can kick it with two feet and he goes flying on his back, too. So.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Captain America says, where is it? Yeah, at the bottom of page four. Okay, if my footwork doesn't impress you, how's this for some fancy stuff with Z hands? And I'm like, okay, Cap, don't, don't make fun of people who speak English with an accent. That's not cool, dude.
0: <laughs> On the other hand, I, I applaud him trying to make a joke because he doesn't do that very often. He does not do that very often. <laughs> that's, a, that's very much a Spider-Man thing. Spider-Man. you <laughs> Boy, has Spider-Man ever fought Batra? Because that'd be a huge joke for him for oh, wow. a couple pages.
1: That would be hilarious. It would be. Can you imagine those two going at it with each other? Wow.
0: Well, it wouldn't last very long, but yeah, I can imagine it being funny.
1: You're great at delivering eulogies, but they don't pay off at the box office, brother. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that didn't work, Cap. Sorry.
0: Yeah. That's more his joke style. So, so
1: Z-Hands was almost pretty good. So the female agent, her middle name is female. The female agent, we could just call her the agent. Um, she has no other name. Yet. She has
0: nothing to do. So yes, in that sense, it sucks. But at the same time, I'm happy she's back.
1: I was kind of wondering at the end. It says next issue the secret is that the secret of her is are they going to reveal who she know. is?
0: I don't know. Honestly, I honestly have remember. no memory I didn't of what that's head on is. the cover. Yeah,
1: Neither did I. But they're
0: but they're standing there, you know, arm in arm. So if she just disappeared next issue, that'd be weird, right?
1: Little bit, little bit. Cap also mocks his English, saying, "Who gave you your English lessons, Doctor Doom?" And I was my first thought was, "You never met Doctor Doom. He's a Fantastic Four bad guy." But Captain America did meet Doctor Doom in the Avengers twenty-five,
0: and he even reminds you of that in this issue. Yes. What, what page was that on where he said that? I
1: forget. Page six.
0: Because then Black like-
1: Rock is being ranting. He's like, "Who gave you your English lessons, Doctor Doom?"
0: Yeah, although from what I remember about him, even he doesn't sound as corny as you. Yup. That was cool. Uh,
1: It kind of reminds me of that bit from uh, Wayne's World. Where did you learn English? The Police Academy movies.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yep. This was fun. This was fun. Batrock is always fun, or at least has been so far. Seeing Uh, the
1: hordes of Hydra was kind of neat because it's like not really a Hydra story, mm -hmm. but they're just kind of being Hydra. And
0: Yeah, apparently they're, they're out again in public because up until recently they were supposedly dead and it was this big secret.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, Don Caballero, he wanted to make Hydra public again. Mm-hmm. He didn't want to be the mysterious them.
0: Mm-hmm. He wants to be
1: known as the Supreme Hydra.
0: And there they are.
1: There they are being Hydra. All right. Shall we go I, on to hate, the X-Men? I,
0: I hate to leave this exceptionally fun issue to go talk about X-Men, but I guess at some point we must. So,
1: Okay, well, we may disagree on this one then because... Um, <laughs> you
0: only like this because Spider-Man's in it, I'm convinced.
1: <laughs> the X-Men 27 re-enter the mimic. Uh huh. Not going to make the joke. So we open with The Mimic facing off with the five X-Men, only it's not the Angel as the fifth member, it's Professor Xavier. Nope, Marvel Eye, you haven't missed an ish. Wondrous Werner just decided to start this way out yarn in the middle, and who are we to say him nay? Um, I'm gonna say him nay, we'll talk about that later. But don't despair, we'll fill you in as we go along, Tiger. Um, so Iceman, Jean Grey, The Beast, and Cyclops are all faced off with The Mimic. Who has all of the X Men's powers again, and they're going to a battle royal. Um, now, hastily, before we forget him, amidst the pulsating pandemonium to follow, it's credits time. Edited by Stanley, scripted by Roy Thomas, drawn by Werner, probably sound like Werner Roth, but um, we'll assume Ver- that it's probably. Werner Roth? Probably, yeah, anglicized just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Inked by Dick Ayers, lettered by Sam Rosen, and would you believe Artie Simic? No, it says Sam Rosen. I'm not going to believe it's Artie Simic. Oh. Okay, so the X-Men fight, the Mimic, and um, that goes on for like four pages, and Mimic basically beats all of them. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I showed out the whole lot of them with their own superpowers. I made him say, Uncle, from now on, nothing and nobody in the world will st- stop the Mimic. And then we flashback. To After Last Issue, where the X-Men are bringing home Warren Worthington, the wounded, on a cot. And um, Warner's like, Warren is, tell me, tell Professor, will I ever be able to fly again? I should know in a few minutes, Warren. Calm down. Lay down. We're not going to hurt you. And Cyclops is like, did I really intentionally blast him with my cursed, cursed eyes? Because he loves Gene and I love Gene and we're fighting for the love of Gene. And... Um, Cyclops is like, Professor, tell us, is he okay? Uh, he'll, 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 he'll get better. Um, but he has been injured. He has been jolted. He's going to have to rest and hope for, um, something to recover in order for him to fly again. But by the way, Cerebro has detected a new mutant menace. Mm. And we are two X-Men down. This is kind of bad. So let's go check on X-Men at number five. Jean Grey is out at college while the uh, track stars are training and she's cheering on her friend, Ted Roberts, who is doing the pole vaulting and the swimming and being all kinds of awesome. And she's like, you're always super cool in your athletics. Why do you do this? And he's like, well, to tell you the truth, I don't like to talk about it, but my brother, He's so much more awesome than I am. I feel like I'm always in his shadow. And then they hear an explosion from the chemistry building. And in the chemistry building, they're bringing out Cal Rankin, who is doing some science. And he blew up the science. And now he remembers that Jean Grey is one of the X-Men. And he can mimic some powers. And Jean Grey senses that he senses this and knows that there's going to be trouble. Meanwhile, just because you thought he would never return to the pages of Marvel Comics, the Puppet Master is taking some clay and forming it into the form of Professor Charles Xavier. Because he knows that Xavier is connected to the X-Men. He knows this because he has taken over Xavier's brain before. But he tries to, and he gets an electric shock that melts his clay Because Xavier has erected mental defenses against ever being Puppet Mastered again. And Xavier's sitting there working on some science. He's like, I felt something in my brain. But um, it's gone now. So uh, yeah, Iceman, hand me that wrench. So they're building a device. It's a multi-frequency booster. The latest adjustment to Cerebro to increase its power so that the new mutant menace can be pinpointed. Um, what else? What else? What else? Well, else? so Xavier sits there. He's like, okay, um, y'all leave me alone. I'm going to send out my ghost and see what's going on. Um, hopefully I'll be able to get some information. So he sends out his astral form out into the world. And uh, he goes and sees uh the mutant siblings, Wanda the Scarlet Witch, Quicksilver, Pietro, and says, hey, what's up, y'all? You want to come join the X-Men? And they're like, "Oh." Yeah, we really, really wanted to be X-Men, but 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 we're Avengers now. So um when we're done chilling out in Europe, we're gonna go back to being Avengers some more. So see ya! And I see everybody's like, okay, bye. Um Meanwhile, Bobby and Hank are on a double date with Zelda and Vera. Uh, things go really great in that, you know, they, the guys try to buy hot dogs for their girls because that's a really classy thing to do and then they don't have any money. So they make the girls pay for their own hot dogs. Cause that's a really classy thing to do. And then the bank across the street is robbed of the X-Men going to X-Men action. And they see Spider-Man has already caught the bank robbers like, Hey, Spider-Man, you want to join the X-Men? And Spider-Man's like, um... No, I was just asked to join the Avengers, and uh, I'm a loner. Says so on my superhero card. It's like, oh, okay. And they turn back into their regular clothes. They go back to the girls, and they're like, "Hey, sorry, we ran off like that." And they're like, "Yeah, whatever." Um, meanwhile, at college, Scott and Xavier have come to visit Jean, and Cal Rankin comes out and starts saying some, talking some trash. And they're like, all right, take me back to your Xavier headquarters. And Puppet Master is looking on with his Puppet Master TV in his Puppet Master room full of little uh, Fantastic Four marionettes because he plays with those at night. And um, Cal Ranking is taken back to X-Men headquarters and he turns into the Mimic and he puts on his Mimic suit and he and Xavier go off and talk in the other room and they come back and Xavier says, all right, y'all, Cyclops, you're fired. The Mimic is now the leader of the X-Men. They're like, oh no, Xavier, what are you doing? And Puppet Master says, and I have this Mimic puppet and I shall now take over the Mimic. And Mimic's like, all right, X-Men, I'm gonna fight you now. And that's where he came in at the beginning of the story. So cycle around, Calvin has beaten all of the X-Men and Xavier's like, get out of here, Xavier, uh, 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 Mimic. And so Mimic leaves and um, all the X-Men are like, he really rang our bells, didn't he? Um, meanwhile, uh, the X-Men, oh, Xavier is able to trace the mental impulses that attacked him earlier and that are attacking the Mimic, and so he's able to find exactly where the pup Master is. So they fly off in their helicopter. Um, Warren Worthington also follows in his, uh, car. And so the mimic is able to have all of their powers still at Puppet Master headquarters. Puppet Master sends a quote unquote puppet after the X-Men whenever they get there. It's really like a giant robot thing. They fight it. Um, all of the X-Men arrive. It's Mimic versus X-Men. Angel grabs the Puppet Master's Mimic puppet and smashes it to pieces. And so the Mimic dies. The end. No, Mimic doesn't die, even though it's been strongly implied <laughs> that smashing a puppet will kill the person. No, no, no. He's just no longer under control. He's like, oh, no, I am the Mimic. I am cursed. Will I ever find a home or any place to be? The Mimic. And somewhere in all of that, Gene Greg gave, gave the X-Men new costumes.
0: Yeah, sort of, I guess. Yeah.
1: They're mod- They're noticeable modifications on the original, but they're basically like the original mom you know like
0: letter b well outside of Jean, is the modification the belt or what
1: um the yellow was the entire torso with blue sleeves oh really yeah and now the blue now it's a yellow <gasps> center portion okay see i was trying I, was, I
0: kept scrolling back and forth and trying to do that spot the difference thing and it was like not working okay so now they have like a vest lining instead of a shirt Right. And so, and Jean does not have covered bald head with covered neck. She now has more of a Wolverine front mask with exposed neck.
1: Right, which I think is going to be her thing pretty much from now until she gets her green outfit. I don't think she's going to change her mask much anymore, but I could be wrong.
0: Even with that green outfit, it just turns into a yellow version of this, right?
1: Uh, it, it's a little mini, mini dress, but yeah.
0: No, but I mean like the mask stays the same.
1: Yeah, so I'm saying the mask doesn't stay the same and it's going to... Yeah, yeah. I mean, this wasn't um,
0: bad, but the bar was low. So anything, I guess, is better than what we've been getting.
1: Yeah. I, but, I enjoyed uh, this issue more than I've yeah. done the last few. Yes. If it's this issue up against some of the Doctor Strangers we've been getting lately, it's or no El Tig- contest
0: for me. El Tigra. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'll take this one.
1: I don't like that the mimic fight was put in the front of this issue.
0: It's cool as an opener, but then when you're, you're right, like when you're reading – the fight, and then they just go, okay, and now we're back to where we started, and the fight's over. It seemed really weird and abrupt.
1: And they already had a dramatic narrative point to enter on. Warren has been injured.
0: Yeah, they could have opened with him in the stretcher. You're right.
1: Right. If they were just sitting around watching TV, then yeah, putting the fight in front makes more sense, but I didn't like it. It makes the narrative confusing. And um, yeah, I have read this issue a number of times because Spider-Man is in it.
0: Well, while we're talking about Spider-Man, so my question is, do they think he's a mutant or are they just inviting anybody with superpowers right now because they're a superhero team and they don't care if you're a mutant or not? And two, he thought he has a thought bubble. Like I have my reasons, but he doesn't really say what they are. And I'm like, does that mean he just thinks that the X-Men are mutants and he doesn't want to be associated with him? Is he a mutant hater or did he just get bummed out about the Avengers thing and not want to go through it again?
1: I agree that it's really not written very clearly. His reasons for rejecting the X-Men are, are not uh-huh. clear. Um, I hope he's not a mutant hater. <laughs> <laughs> no. But I, if I were to if I were to read something into that scene, his mention of the Avengers having just given him the whole around might be the best reason. He
0: says the best reason he says is I'd be it'd be great to team up with a group my own age. So I guess he doesn't hate them because he likes the idea. Right. But fate seems to have meant me to be a loner. So maybe he's just down on himself that the Avengers or he failed the Avengers test or something.
1: Yeah, if it's just that oh, I must be alone all the time because I must, it seems a little cheesy. But if that's just an expression of his emotion over the Avengers, I can buy that.
0: Mm-hmm. I was just through the whole rush week bit with the Avengers. So I think he's
1: just- speaking of other X-Men uh, perspectives. Did P.H. And Wanda really want to join the X-Men back in the day? I kind of feel I, like they said yeah, no.
0: I call baloney on that. I remember them saying no. Yeah, they wanted to, they wanted time to themselves.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, a week later they join the Avengers, but
0: well, but that's the Avengers. And by the way, great choice, you two stick with the Avengers. That's what I would do. Better pay, less hate.
1: Um, question: What was the mutant menace that Xavier detected?
0: The Banshee is my only guess based on the next issue. The next
1: issue box. That's the yeah.
0: That's the the best thing I could come up with. But that that doesn't seem very menacing.
1: Banshee does start out as a threat.
0: Um, I do like that. The recruit stuff was kind of fun because he is down to X-Men, so it kind of makes sense, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he didn't succeed very well. Who did he ask? That's all he asked, right? Just
1: those two? And Spider-Man.
0: what well, so I mean? Spider-Man and, and the, the mutants. The, the, the Maximoffs. And that's it, right?
1: hmm
0: That's too bad. But I, I was trying to think, like, is there any other choices right now that he could have asked, and I couldn't really think of anybody. Even Spider-Man's Daredevil, kind of a stretch. Maybe? Yeah, I suppose. Or Iron Man, I guess, or Thor or Hulk, they're all solo right now, but they're not really mutants per se. I don't know if like again, I don't know if he cares about whether they're mutants or not yet.
1: Uh Xavier seems to care, and it, it's it's entirely possible that Bobby and Iceman were off base asking Spider-Man to join. That Would Xavier it, might have said, Oh, but that's not on our um Oh, does he give them like telepathic instructions he tells to find Spider Man?
0: He tells them to, but For all he knows, does he know that Spider-Man's not a mutant?
1: Yeah, that that feeds into it. Does he know that?
0: Because I believe, this is me really pulling hard on a memory that's probably not quite correct, but at some point Spider-Man fights X-Factor, which are these guys, you know, but in the Mm -hmm. 80s. And they later, at the end of the issue, after the big long fight, which is I think pretty awesome because it's Spider-Man versus the entire original X-Men. Like, they find out he's not actually a mutant, but mutated, and they leave him alone. Like, they were there to try and recruit him or something.
1: I think I remember that, too. Or maybe as their uh, mutant exterminator's persona, they were sent after Spider-Man.
0: I forgot about that bunch of shenanigans. That's right.
1: Yeah. Yeah, early X-Factor is an interesting interesting uh, narrative. (laughs) Yeah.
0: But I just remember, like, the last scene of, like, Spider-Man saying, nope, sorry, I'm not. I wasn't born this way or something. They're
1: not even a mutant. And they're like, oh, that's fine. You go commit evil deeds anyway. We're going to go then.
0: Yeah. So they can't quite, I guess, detect maybe. Or I don't know. They didn't have Cerebro and X Factor.
1: The uh, The boys never come off looking very great with Zelda and Vera. I'm kind of surprised the ladies keep going out with them.
0: I, I guess it's like a, uh, a comedy thing we're supposed to be laughing at or something. Maybe. But, but I don't really love it.
1: It's also a little weird that the oldest and the youngest of these X-Men boys are going out together a lot with 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 um on dates with, you know, the girls.
0: I feel like the Beast should be doing better. Like I'm fine with Bobby being an idiot kind of, but
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like how
0: come Beast doesn't know how money works and stuff? It's weird. Yeah. Yeah, I don't love it. And also for a while there he acted like they both hated each other. Now it's more like she just hates him, which I guess is comical. Haha, guys are stupid or whatever, but I don't know. It's old already for me.
1: Is it a puppet if it's a robot?
0: We have had that problem with this. That's the worst part of this issue is this freaking guy's back. Uh, And he made like giant unicorn robots in the Fantastic Four. So it was never consistent. He's always been like this.
1: No one asked for the puppet master. No one asked for that.
0: It's a great t-shirt. We need that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And like it doesn't even matter for most of the issue. If they had figured out some reason to like fill three or four more pages with story about the mimic and the X-Men, they would have been fine. Yeah. Why not just
0: make the mimic be a jerk who attacks the X-Men? You'd think that'd be right in line with his character.
1: And like, maybe he gets into some sort of shenanigans where they have to help him. And he realizes that maybe he shouldn't be such a jerk to them all the time. I don't know.
0: Or maybe like he begrudgingly agrees to join the team and, as long as you make me leader or something like that. And then like, but even then he's still a jerk and they end up fighting him or, or he tries to show off or I don't know, maybe it could have been a two-parter where he actually is the leader and it's a disaster. And then Cyclops shows what a good leader is and blah, blah, blah. But instead it's like the puppet master just taking over for no reason. And again, I always wonder why not just make puppets of all the X-Men and freaking Hulk and the fantastic four and Thor and Avengers. And then nobody can bother you because you've, you've possessed everybody. Good job.
1: So, I was going to mention, and why is he the leader anyway? So, I went back to the scene where he just rolls Xavier in to say, hey, I'm the leader. Uh-huh. And I answered my own question because he says, Xavier told me of an impending mutant menace. He knows that they may need my composite powers. So, Xavier wants Mimic on the team. Yes. Mimic says, and he knows I'd never take orders from anybody. Yes. So, the price Xavier is willing to pay Yes. To add a jerkwad to their team mm-hmm. is to let him be a jerkwad and put down one of his own students.
0: Yes, and I love that because I think that's manipulative and very kind of fun drama and very Xavier. What I don't like is prior to that thought bubble, Xavier saying, I have an announcement to make. Cyclops has asked me to be relieved of his command of the X-Men <gasps> because – That makes it seem like they're trying to make it so it's okay for Xavier to do this. But what I really want is A, I don't want that to be an off panel thing that happened. That seems too big a decision. I want to know why Cyclops asked to be off. And it was probably because of the angel thing, but they should have had that. That should have been part of the story. Or B, even cooler if Xavier pulled Cyclops aside and said, Hey, I got to manipulate this mimic to be on our team. Is it cool with you if I pretend that you don't want to be leader
1: anymore or something like that? I don't know. One of the two. Or see Xavier was lying.
0: Or see he's lying, but at no point does Cyclops say, uh-uh.
1: Yeah, that's true. Um, they did think about uh, recruiting the human torch, but oh, he's yeah. been out wandering oh, around.
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. So then they should have got Wyatt Wingfoot.
1: Well, he's out wandering around too. That's true. Yeah, in okay. the torch are together. Yeah. Not together. To, well, maybe they're together together. It's a lot of little. should have asked the
0: there. Blob. I mean, I feel like you could really maybe make the Blob a good guy if you just tried a little harder.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm okay so let's see uh daredevil
0: well just one last comment do you think this seems like a huge 180 that all of a sudden the arrogant the arrogance that is the mimic is like all down on himself that he's just like carbon copy and lame and nobody loves him
1: it's a weird ending because he last time was all about his powers Mm -hmm. and at the beginning of this story he Mm -hmm. was all about his powers Mm mm-hmm and here, the whole "I'm forced to live in the shadow of other men's powers" that echoes the sentiments from Ted Roberts, and maybe Stanley got confused on his writing. Yeah, but it's not—it's not Cal Rankin.
0: No, it didn't ring true to me either. So, I mean, he literally just spent the entire issue totally beating up these people. So he's not in their shadow; he's better than them.
1: Yeah, he's in nobody's shadow
0: yeah okay well does he come back next issue do you know or is this the end i think he's
1: the leader of the x-men for a little while yeah
0: oh okay well that's a little better then i thought this might just be like how they write him out of this story it's like that's weird okay daredevil yes dd goes wild number 23 i kind of feel like that's a false advertising but we'll see (laughs) um having defeated the uncanny tri-man uh-oh an android possessing the combined power of three deadly human beings Daredevil is suddenly stopped in his tracks by a threatening voice from above the ring. Dee Dee goes wild. Story, Stan the Man Lee. Art, Gentleman Gene Colin Inks, Fearless, Frank, Giacoya. Lettering, swinging Sam Rosen. So, yeah, it's the Mass marauder. And he threatens Daredevil and says, I'm going to teleport your friends out of this ring if you don't cooperate. Um, but then he doesn't do that. Instead, what he does is he teleports the Tri-Man out of the ring. And Gladiator's like, wait, I thought you were going to teleport his friends. He's like, nah, I don't really need them. Watch, watch, watch. And Daredevil's like, ooh, I'm going to grab on a tri-man's leg. And so he does. And he gets teleported, too, into his tunnel. Um, and he ends up in the same glass as those other three guys. But he just breaks out because he's Daredevil and he's awesome and he's awake. Um, but apparently those other three guys are also awake. And at least according to Daredevil's theory, are cooperating with the Mass Marauder when it comes to be creating try man now we kind of thought that they seemed to be just kidnapped and comatose but i don't know maybe they were in on it the whole time i'm not sure but anyway the mass marauder lets them all out to attack daredevil i was just about to say iron man that was really weird okay and uh you know there's the one guy i don't know they're all three one guy's called the dancer so he's really acrobatic and daredevil beats him up and then another guy uh uh, is called I forget the Mangler and he's really big and strong and Daredevil beats him up and then the last guy is um, the brain so Daredevil easily beats him up and then and eats his brains and eats his brains yeah and becomes smarter so then he has to take on Gladiator and that's a much more interesting fight that takes a little longer and is a little harder and while that's happening the Mass Marauders like talking remember the whole thing is if he defeats if Gladiator and the Mass Marauder defeat Daredevil that somehow proves that they should be the leader of the magia who used to belong to count nefaria aka the dreamer weaver um and so now while gladiator and daredevil are fighting mass marauder contacts this group of magia and he's like hey even better i'm gonna teleport both these guys to front row seats for you guys wherever you want and they'll just fight each other to the death and then i'll be the leader and they're like what you would betray you portray the gladiators, like, in a minute. He's like, that's the kind of leader we want here. Do it. So they, I guess, have a uh, uh an arena all to themselves that has, like, zoo animals and old movie props and stuff. And so the, gladi- er, the gladiator and Daredevil get teleported there by the masked marauder. They continue their fight. Daredevil, I guess he does go wild because he, I don't know, he's not really mad or anything. That's what I think of as wild. But he is very kind of violent towards the gladiator and beats the freaking crud out of him basically fairly easily at some point a lion escapes and they have to deal with that too but it's not that big a deal oh he saves the gladiator from the lion so at which point the gladiator's like well i'm not going to keep fighting daredevil because i owe him my life and i have some scruples and so the manji is like well mass marauder you just sent us two people with scruples so we have no interest in you being our leader and he's like oh hoisted by my own petard starting those
1: scruples anyway
0: and uh so he he just throws a fit and like breaks the monitor and stuff and and the Maj is like hey gladiator we kind of like your moxie we actually like you better because you have scruples and that other guy was going to betray you so why don't you join us and gladiator is like okay i got nothing else to do and then they're like well what should we do with daredevil none of them are like willing to go down there and deal with him because they're scared of him so they let him leave, and Daredevil is now stuck in Europe with no money, with no clothes other than his Daredevil outfit, and no way to get home. So next issue, a startling surprise. Oh, and by the way, peppered in throughout this is is uh, Karen Page and Foggy Nelson looking for Matt Murdock, who they lost, who they quote unquote lost in the crowd. They thought right. he was there, and he wasn't. But yeah, that's it. That's the whole story.
1: The end. To be fair, he he did run away from them. They didn't just lose him.
0: Yeah, he he was there as to be Daredevil, and then he ran away to be Daredevil. And they mm-hmm. don't know that. Yeah.
1: So we have an interesting art thing at the beginning of this issue with the two splash pages. Like, we couldn't decide which one to use, mm-hmm. so we're using both. Second one. So do you have a preference, cooler. Mr. Artist Man?
0: Number two, way cool. Yeah? I don't know. I like it. Bird's Eye View.
1: Bird's Eye View is cool hmm Dramatic upshots. I'm not sure. I mean, they're but-
0: both cool. I don't really have a preference. I guess either. I actually think the first one might be a better opener. I don't know. But they're both excellent. This whole thing is beautiful.
1: Because it's Gene Colan. And he's yes. our favorite artist right now, I think.
0: Yes, I think so, too.
1: Um... I had speculated last issue that the three people who were being drained to make the Tri-Man were being killed. Mm-hmm. And I guess I was wrong because they totally go and fight Daredevil on this one.
0: It seemed like, well, and I still don't know, but it seemed like it was against their will, but then they cooperate and fight. But there is this line where he's like a thousand dollars to whoever kills Daredevil. So maybe they just have money problems or something. Yeah. But you think if they were, it was against their will and the, They finally woke up and the glass came off. They'd be like, hey, where am I? Who are you? I'm not going to cooperate with this
1: kidnapping. He's like, Brain, you can write your own check. And Brain's like, I am an old, small man. But I've got live wires. They should work.
0: Yeah. Another splash page. Page 10. So three in this issue.
1: Danny Uh, seems uh, to at least vaguely know all three of those guys. Did you get that feeling?
0: Yes, and I'm kind of cool with that as he's like, you know, the Batman of Hell's Kitchen. So maybe he should know your common criminal or, you know, criminals that have nicknames.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I kind of like to think that they're just nobodies he's had to dispose of in between issues. Mm-hmm. And maybe their application to get an issue to themselves that was rejected because they're just not good enough bad guys.
0: Yeah. It's like, okay, Mangler, give me the dirt on so and so or I'll break your kneecaps.
1: Or I'll, yeah. He wouldn't
0: say that in 1966, but he might say that someday.
1: He'll say between issues in 1966. He'll say it yeah. in a headcanon.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't know. All um, this, well, the Tri-Man's gone. That was wrapped up pretty easy.
1: Yeah, not really a long-lasting threat there. I don't expect to see him again.
0: No. Um, I think, I think, like I said last issue, all the teleporting and the Tri-Man business is weird, dumb science. I kind of think the whole, let's leave the Magia if we can prove that we can kill Daredevil is weird, because why would they care? But I kind of liked all the Gladiator Daredevil stuff. Like, all of it. Yeah, it their fight neat. and
1: then him, like, turning on him, or turning on the uh-huh. Magia.
0: Uh-huh. All that and, stuff was cool.
1: And, like, if they are all flying from New York to California, I'm sorry, not California, but from New York to Europe, mm-hmm. they should totally, like, I don't know, share a plane. Who? Um, All of the... When they fly out to the, uh, the the castle that was being used oh. by Hollywood.
0: Did they fly out? I thought they were just there, but I, I guess maybe I glossed over that.
1: Well, Daredevil goes to Europe at the end.
0: Oh, because I thought he got teleported.
1: Did he get teleported?
0: Yeah, because the mass marauder is like, I'm going to teleport this fight to you guys. So on page 13, he swooshes them again, and they end up in this gladiator, gladiator oh, pit for the Maj's okay. amusement. So he Honestly, double-crossed my- him.
1: My first reading of this, I kinda got muddled as far as this how everything yeah. actually worked mechanically. Yeah. at this middle part. Okay, yeah. so they're talking in Europe uh-huh. and he teleports Gladiator like, and Daredevil to Europe.
0: He's like, instead of being the boss with Gladiator, how would you guys like it if I teleported this fight you're watching on this little TV up close and personal? And they're like, Yeah, you guys would you'd do that, that'd be great. So basically he betrays Gladiator and And, feeds and I think I the read wolves. the
1: um we take you to a replica of the Roman Colosseum somewhere in the heart of Europe. Uh-huh. I think I read that as, we take you to a replica of that Colosseum that is somewhere in Europe. Uh-huh. Instead of, we take you to a replica of the Colosseum, and the replica itself is somewhere in Europe. Because it says they use it to make a movie. So yeah. I thought we went to Hollywood. Right. And at the end, he's lost in Europe. I'm like, well, when did that happen?
0: Right, right. No, they just say somewhere that like for some reason these guys collect old Hollywood relics that are sold on eBay or something. Mm. I don't know why. Because they like it, I guess. That's why they have this lion, MGM yeah. lion, just sitting around.
1: Just sitting there waiting, waiting so, to eat.
0: So, yeah, if you explain this story to anybody, it's completely bonkers. But I guess I just like the drama of the gladiator parts. And, yeah, no,
1: I realize it's the best part of the story.
0: And I, I, it's kind of interesting that Daredevil is like stuck. I'm interested with that now for next issue. Like, he's well, he just, has he's a just friend Daredevil he, in Europe. <laughs> no he wallet. has a
1: friend in Europe, so maybe that'll help oh. out. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Kazar could come along. He
0: does mention Kazar in this. Maybe that's a foreshadow.
1: I'm hoping for foreshadow. I feel like there might be foreshadow. On
0: page 19, he says, uh, You're no Kazar, but then again, you're no Zabu either.
1: So, Foggy and Karen, Karen's like, It's it's too impossible, too insane. After all, Matt is blind. Mm. And I'm thinking that she is finally Lois Lane to her Superman. Mm -hmm. Um, she has figured out that he must be the same person, Mm -hmm. but what works so well here is that this should be impossible. Like Mm -hmm. she doesn't realize what kind of fantasy adventure genre she's in. So Matt shouldn't be able to be daredevil, but he is
0: being blind is a pretty good identity, a Mm -hmm. secret, a pretty good secret identity. It kind of like makes it almost impossible to believe it.
1: So instead of, like, Clark Kent having to, like, trick Lois, Matt mm-hmm. just has to exist, mm-hmm. and that's convincing. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Like, that makes me think if I ever become a superhero, I'm just going to act like I can't walk or something so that people just completely dismiss me as, the, as an idea. It's pretty smart. In this case, Matt actually is blind, but he could just fake being blind and it would still work if he could pull it off. It's pretty good. I'm surprised more people don't do that.
1: But, yeah, um... Solid issue, solid stuff with Gladiator. A mm-hmm. Little bit comic booky with the whole teleporting to Europe. Yeah.
0: I but mean, that, and that's bad. fine for the Avengers. I just don't really love it in my Daredevil. I'm, I guess I'm picky about what what level of Daredevil weirdness I want. Mm-hmm. But uh, be interesting to see if the Gladiator comes back now that he's uh, you know joined up this, this European team. Interesting to see if he gets revenge on the Masked Marauder. I like that he had a little bit of uh, a little good guy in him when it came to like owing daredevil his life that was cool so yeah
1: i'm just looking to see when the gladiator does come back because um that would be good to know Mm -hmm. Uh, melvin potter he's in oh not for a well okay he's in the annual which is not too far away but there are a lot of bad guys in that annual and then it's not until after the title splits he's in a couple of iron man issues and then daredevil 63
0: title splits
1: um, where the three anthology books become six feature titles. Oh, but not Suspense, daredevil. Astonish and yeah, yeah. Strange.
0: Right, right, right. Right, right, right. It's like that daredevil one. split. What did he split into?
1: Uh, no, he, uh, he brings in black widow, daredevil and black widow.
0: Ah, fun. Poor Hawkeye. All right. All right. That's it, right? That was I four. That's
1: all four of our comics. All right. So class. I guess I should talk about what we're going to do next episode. You should. Homework. Okay, next episode, we are going to finish the merry month of October with five, count them, five comics. Oh, no. We have our four usual titles, Fantastic Four 58, Amazing Spider-Man 44, Strange Tales 152, and The Avengers 35. But then check it out, kids. We have a short little story from ye olde Europe, (laughs) Smash 38. What is a uh, is a UK comic with an actual original in continuity story? Nice, and it's not that long either, so it won't it won't add too much to our reading homework or your reading homework either, I, kids I, at home?
0: I don't see that on Mike's amazing. Does he not cover that?
1: Uh, I don't know, but it is cover dated October twenty two, so that's okay, why I cool. stuck it in here because they do weekly comics in the UK. Mm. Um, Alrighty, so where can they find us if they want to smash our face? They can find us
0: at makeoursmarvel.com. That's going to have uh, all the links to uh, the various uh, podcast feeds, the apps that matter, or just an RSS feed if you want to plug it into your favorite app. Uh, or you could just search Make Ours Marvel in your favorite app, and I sure hope it comes up at this point. You can also use our website to uh, contact us. There's a form on there, or you could write directly podcast at makearsmarvel.com.
1: We are on the Twitters. Mike is at Kaiser the Great. I am at John Reed's Comics. Um, my other podcast that I do with my son, uh, well, the one I do with my son half the time, is Return to Cybertron, a Transformers podcast. And that is at TFUK podcast on Twitter. There is my Image Comics podcast, which is in a little bit of a weird spot right now, but I'm trying to figure out what to do with it. But for now, that is still at all the pouches on Twitter. So go check that out if you like 90s um, high octane action. And yeah, um, go do all that. So I guess that's it for another week. That's it. Well, be with us next time, and until then, or until Tony Stark quits being Iron Man because he lost a game of chess,
0: make ours Marvel. Marvel.